cross country. Pick up your cross and walk. Bear your cross. Cross the Jordan. Whatever the Jordan represents for you. Cross. After a few months of living in LA, there were still no jobs in sight, but major spiritual growth along with more creative writing than Beverly had ever done before. It was great that Bev started to gain traction in her writing, but she left the park one day ready to pack her bags. She was just a few weeks away from having to pay rent and was led to let her roommate of three months know her situation. Not that she spent her stimulus check on a month-long feature film writing class, and now she had the inner workings of a social justice feature film in the vein of the movie Crash to show for it. Instead, she would tell her that she's prepared to move out. Hey, so I still don't have a job yet, and I don't see myself coming up with next month's rent in time. I had an interview a couple weeks ago and still waiting to hear back, so I'm totally fine if you need me to leave. It was still kind of weird that Bev had a roommate, or even a landlord for that matter. The last time she had a roommate, she was a freshman and sophomore at The Ohio State University. Her dorm, situated on South Campus, was directly next door to the Black Cultural Center. Her grandfather fought hard to get the university to build back in the 70s as he created the diversity department there. In the midst of, you guessed it, social unrest. In John 4.38, it states, I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. The Black Cultural Center wouldn't come to fruition until over a decade after her grandfather's eight-year tenure, named after his successor, and rightfully so. Beth didn't understand the gravity of it back then. I mean, she had an idea of the impact he had, but 50 years to the year her grandfather was appointed, in the wake of George Floyd, her eyes were opened. Best roommate in LA said that she typically lent her second room out to friends who needed a place to stay. And if her and Bev hadn't connected, another one of her friends would have ended up in the room. But to Bev's surprise, she was cool. She told Bev she understood God sent her there for a reason and that Bev could continue to stay since she was waiting on a call back from an interview and suggested to just play by ear, maybe even exchange administrative duties for rent at some point. Jehovah Jireh again, providing in ways Bev didn't think was possible. No other landlord would have done that, especially a year into a pandemic. Bev was right where she needed to be. Beverly continued to learn more about the Hollywood business, applied for corporate jobs in the industry, and began watching shows and movies through a different lens. She started reading scripts, studied pilots, and outlined story beats while watching specific shows. Then one day, got inspired. On Valentine's Day 2021, she had the place all to herself and decided to watch her twin, Sanaa Lathan, with Tay Diggs and Brown Sugar. 
but only after Julia Roberts in Eat, Pray, Love. Duh. Throughout the movie, every time the character Sydney asked, when did you fall in love with hip-hop, Beverly found herself replacing hip-hop with R&B. She didn't notice it until the end of the movie, then asked herself, when did you fall in love with R&B? Beverly wasn't that big into hip-hop, but loved her some 90s slow jams. Then it clicked. Bev began writing about the days guys used to write love letters and burned mixed CDs. Heavily inspired by her favorite movie, Love Jones. A coming of age reminiscent of another Sanaa classic, Love and Basketball. As nostalgic as soul food with Nia Long. R&B was a script that began to extend her list of features. But still, she had a whole car note, insurance, and food to eat. Though she was newly vegan, a true full-on vegan three whole months before moving to LA, she still needed the money. Now, Bev really was only searching for a job to get both her parents and roommate off her back, but deep down, she knew she wasn't supposed to be working until otherwise told by God. But even Bev had a small glimmer of hope that she would get a little something because she hated asking her parents for change, especially after leaving Vegas, confidently stating that God sent her to LA. But Bev realized she was going through a season of killing her pride and finally gave in and asked when she felt led to until she was completely cut off. Surely there was something she was to do in the meantime, so she sought God and he told her to use what she had. What, this car? Yep, Uber Eats it was. Not only Uber Eats, but Uber Eats in LA. If you know anything about parking in LA, it's a sport in and of itself. Bev was very excited about it at first. All she had to do was pick up food and drop it off. How hard could that be? At least it wasn't people this time, which wasn't even an option during the pandemic. She didn't even fix her brain to think otherwise. Plus, toting people around in her Altima back in Vegas felt way more comfortable than using her new car now. Yeah, this girl traded in her car two weeks before she moved to L.A., back when she was getting those mandatory overtime in a quarter paychecks signed by Elon Musk. Back when she still had a job and didn't see it leaving her site anytime soon, which was the major reason she felt okay about the trade in the first place, because trading in her car was the very last thing she wanted to do, yet did it out of obedience. Bev could care less what she was driving, but a paid-off Ultima sounded great to her especially moving and not knowing what L.A. had to offer. Did I mention it was paid off? But God wasn't having it. How it came about was a miraculous chain of events that will be explained. But for now, Beth is trying to navigate these L.A. streets during the lunch and dinner rush. Before every shift, she would pray. Okay, God. Please let me find good parking everywhere I go. No messed up orders or angry customers. And what she asked for 
she received. Not only that, but she realized how much more Californians tipped. The tips she received driving for Lyft in Las Vegas just a little over a year prior was nothing compared to how much those Los Angeles tipped for their food and boba. It was all good for a few weeks and felt the more she was on the road, the more tiring it became. She tried to stay in the valley, close to home, but was sometimes led to Rodeo Drive, Beverly Hills. Hell, definitely ended up Googling the value of a few of the homes she ended up at. Okay, God, I see what you're doing. If she didn't learn anything else from network marketing, it was definitely the fact that God wouldn't expose her to certain environments just for the hell of it. There's a reason for everything, no matter how small that thing is. But if she was completely honest, driving through Beverly Hills and her new ride felt like home, literally, like she had lived there at some point in time. Her spirit was very familiar with the territory somehow. Her favorite furniture store also happened to be in the area, the one filled with furniture she couldn't afford for her first home. So much so, home goods became her home away from home, seeking cheaper alternatives to the furnishings she actually wanted. She even found out how handy her mom was at the time. They would find pieces at either consignment shops or garage sales and would restore them to fit Bev's style. There were two peas in a pod when it came to refurbishing a side table or a dresser, putting up new drapes or just decorating in general. It was a cool and fun way for her and her mom to bond for the first time as Bev spent her childhood as a tomboy athlete daddy's girl, okay? Aside from people calling her Beverly Hills her whole life, or mispronouncing her name altogether, adding an A where it didn't belong, mistakenly calling her Beverly, there was a sense of familiarity of a suburb she couldn't quite put her finger on. Her name Beverly would have been Whitney, and her brother would have been Houston if Beverly was born first. But since she was the youngest, her parents decided to use the name and the spelling of a contestant they saw on an episode of Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. I receive it. As corny as it sounded, Beverly Hills left an impact on her and she was intrigued to learn more. One day while driving in the area, Holy Spirit specifically asked Bev to Google Black Woman Real Estate Beverly Hills. Bev obliged, and at the top of the Google search was an obituary in the LA Times of Eula McClaney. She passed a few days shy of Beverly's six-month birthday in 1987. It described this Black woman who grew up picking cotton in Alabama and ended up with a real estate empire, most of which in L.A. She had written a book called, God, I Listened. Oh my God. For Bev to be in L.A. because God sent her there, and to find this woman's testimony in a book called, God, I Listened? She had to get her hands on this book. Only... There was one copy available on eBay for almost 
a thousand dollars. Nine hundred and eighty-five dollars. It was out of print everywhere else, even at the library. So, Bev left it where it was, but would periodically search to see if it would become available. Odds were slim since it was published back in 1989, yet and still, Bev was hopeful. After spending several months in Los Angeles, Bev decided one Sunday morning that she would take the day off. To rest from writing, creating, or trying to figure out next steps on a different business venture. Observing the Sabbath. So, she went back to sleep and had the most vivid dream. When she woke up, she went straight to Ancestry.com. What she found, hours later, at the bottom of a rabbit hole, was information about her grandfather's grandfather, a civic leader who was a Republican since Negroes weren't allowed to be Democrats at the time, an entrepreneur and an owner of hundreds of acres of land. Just in a simple Google search, saw his name in many Virginia newspapers next to the acres of land he owned, but that the state was going to auction it all off. Bev kept digging and digging. And the more she searched, the more she found, till she finally hit a dead end. She had to go to a specific library in Virginia to get the rest of the story. Her world changed from that day on. Prior to that, she couldn't remember a time when she took a day off or wasn't working on anything. Even when she worked full-time, she would spend her weekends working on an entrepreneurial endeavor in some capacity. She would come to realize that resting meant more than what met the eye. It was more than just remaining in a state of stillness, but how God gives revelation when you're still enough to receive. With all that God was pouring in on the Sabbath, she dared not try to work on another Sunday again even if it was mandatory. There was a particular time later in the year where Bev took a seasonal job right before Thanksgiving. Graveyard shift. Yep, Bev had to do what she had to do, okay? Distribution center, wearing hats, hoodies, and a mask. The perfect work environment. Government nonetheless. But the hours changed weekly, and she never had to work on a Sunday. Until one day. Thinking it would be cool just this one time. Besides, it was mandatory. Bev left for work with plans to get to the gas station first, but never made it to the gas station. She ran out of gas right as she pulled out of the driveway of her Airbnb and turned right onto the street. Now, in all her years of driving on E, on fumes, praying to get to the gas station on time, she was sure she would have made it this time. But no, God made it clear as Bev sat in her vehicle for over a couple hours waiting for roadside that his commandment be upheld. The Sabbath is to be holy. Rest. And stop waiting until the last minute to fill up your tank. Or don't wait 
too late to ask for money to fill up your tank in this case. Yes, your girl was out there barely getting by, but she got by. Obedience is not always sexy. Okay, God, my bad. I hear you. Haven't worked a Sunday since. Not an online class, not a Zoom meeting, nothing. So much information found about her ancestors. Bev got on the phone with her dad to see if he was aware of any of it. At some point, she was reminded of her grandfather's 400-page-plus book she never finished reading and was determined to grab it the next time she was back in Las Vegas. She was chopping it up with her dad, describing to him her new life as a creative. Creative, he said. A term that was never really used during her upbringing, but a word that always showed up when she took a personality or strengths and weaknesses test. Confused by it every time, as her focus was always on grades and running track. She always equated creative to someone who could draw, and that she couldn't do. But in this season, creative finally made sense. Plus, it had a nice ring to it. The very next day, Bev had to get out of the house. She was itching to get to a bookstore. She hadn't been since she'd been in the city, which was weird because it's typically her hideout, her safety net, but also made sense because stores had been closed for, you know, her safety. So she Googled the nearest Barnes & Noble, and there was one literally down the street with a bunch of other shops and restaurants nearby, on the same street as her favorite bagel place. So she planned to pick up a bagel, then go to the bookstore. As much as she tried to stay vegan as a newbie in LA, she was a foodie at heart and backslid. Though she tried, most days she was vegetarian at best. With the exception of these particular bagel sandwiches, some days she would buy avocado to put on the bagel, so it wasn't all bad. She learned to love this bagel place located on Riverside Drive that always had a group of seniors sitting out front for their morning coffee after their morning bike ride. Bev was on her way, drove down the same street she normally did, only to mysteriously turn left a few streets prior. Mysterious because she turned without thinking about it, and it was adjacent to a Starbucks. At this point in Bev's faith walk, she knew nothing was done by accident that there was a reason Holy Spirit had her turn in there, and so she walked into Starbucks with expectancy. She saw a black man in a blue hoodie that read Harvard on the front of it and didn't notice anything else. She grabbed her drink and on her way back to her car, read the license plate of the car now parked next to her car. Creative? (laughs) Bev got in the car and smiled her way down to the bagel spot less than a minute away. She grabbed her sandwich and Googled where the Barnes & Nobles was down the street. She had an idea, but wanted to double check how far down she needed to go. When she Googled Barnes & Nobles this time, it took her to a location she never noticed before and didn't give her a list of stores, just the specific location about 15 minutes away. The location in Beverly Grove. Fascinated by what felt like a day led by Holy Spirit, 
She popped in a mixed CD that was given to her in high school. Now that she was inspired to write about where her love for the best decade of music stemmed from and set out to explore part of the city she had never been. As she was approaching the bookstore, she came across many street names that reminded her of her grandfather and the East Coast. Gave her more of an itch to get her hands on her grandfather's book again. She walked around the bookstore and got to the television and film section, a section of the store she had never been prior to becoming a television writer. And there it was. Confirmation. Back to the future. X-Files, Get Out. All titles to movies and shows that were in the vein of a few of her TV and movie ideas. On her way out, she even saw a book collectible from the album Jagged Little Pill. Talk about another full circle moment. Even spotted the name of her grandfather's book a few times. Beth was intrigued, so she decided not to use her GPS to get back to her place, but instead continued to let Holy Spirit have his way. But first, she had to get gas. She found a gas station a few streets down, and as she left the parking lot of the gas station, she was met with a light on a street named Beverly Boulevard. Which was cool, but what was even more cool was the building staring at her with CBS at the top of it. The CBS Studios. Hmm. Okay, God, does this mean what I think it means? Of course she took a picture of her name in front of CBS. She kept driving until she found a familiar road that would take her back to the valley. She came upon a stoplight and the street name caught her attention. To the left of it, she noticed some gates, residential, that led to some homes. She couldn't see through the gates from the street, but glanced at the sign in front and said, Hmm, I'm going to live here one day. As she headed up north towards her place, she saw a school with Harvard in the name and figured the guy who she saw earlier that morning may have been affiliated with that school. She got back to her place, called her dad, and asked if her grandfather went to Harvard or anything, and he told her yes. Bev had forgotten that he went there for a fellowship back in the 50s while getting his doctorate, only to perform at the top of the class and be turned down for financial aid in order to complete his studies. Bev needed to get her hands on that book ASAP and plan her trip back to Vegas. After she got off the phone, she decided to look up the home she randomly claimed. Of course she wrote down the address. It wasn't like she knew what the house looked like. She just had a feeling. She looked up the home and it happened to be owned by a celebrity. Like a big one. That gate she saw didn't lead to a bunch of homes. No, it was just one. And Tyler Perry owned it. Beth got so excited about the work she was doing and now even more excited about learning more about who her ancestors were. Maybe there's a link between who they were and who she was becoming. But more than anything, in this moment, she wanted to know who owned that land her great-great-grandfather once owned. 
and if there was more. A new destination on our journey to look forward to, more research to conduct, more scripts to perfect, expecting God to lead the way because Bill was just out there for the ride and to just say yes. All because she decided on a Sunday morning to rest. Thanks for supporting Cross. Like, comment, and subscribe.